In this episode, I'm once again joined by Tulku Yeshi Rinpoche, Dzogchen master, teacher of Tibetan Buddhism, and author of over 15 books. Tulku Yeshi Rinpoche recounts his grueling journey fleeing Tibet across the Himalayas, his years in refugee camps and monasteries in Nepal and India, and his eventual arrival in the United States. Tukul Yeshe Rinpoche discusses his love of poetry, the cultural divide between Tibet and America, and why he still experiences nightmares about his time as a refugee. Tukul Yeshe Rinpoche also reflects on his recognition as a tulku, explains tantric dream yoga techniques, how to find a guru, when to reveal secret teachings, and shares his opinion on Westerners who use the religious title Lama. So without further ado, Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche. Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so delighted to be speaking with you again. And in our last episode, we left at something of a cliffhanger. You had just arrived in Nepal. We said then that we were going to, in this episode, cover your time in Nepal, India, and then eventually going to the States, where you are now in Seattle. So perhaps you could pick up the thread of the story when you arrived in Nepal. Yes, um, it's a long story. Uh, so, um, but, uh, you know, we should just start from the Himalayas, how high the Himalayas, yeah? Um, how dangerous if someone just without any those emergency, you know, some those things, <clears throat> without oxygen, without medicine, without good shoes, you know, without like warm clothes, very dangerous. But our small group, we, we you know, we did it. Uh, so around like 17 days, something like that. Uh, so we crossed the Himalayas, Himalayas walk. Uh, um, so Tibet side, mostly we walk daytime. And Nepal side, mostly we walk nighttime. Uh, um, yeah, nobody injured. Um, so finally we arrived in Nepal, Kathmandu. Uh, uh, without, or is there some difficulty, you know, some dangers, especially the, um, the Tibet side, almost the, we passed the border, but the cross mountain, you know, in, in the Tibet side, the, um, yeah, the, um, like it's around the afternoon, we suddenly we heard the machine guns fire. Uh, <clears throat> We cannot see where it comes from, but it's from the, the, the how to say, the border, you know, the army. Uh, so, <clears throat> it's very, very dangerous. We're so afraid. Oh my God. Where, where, where? They can see us, but we cannot see where they are. So we hide behind the, <clears throat> the small the, the rocks. Um, and then I think a little bit too far where they shoot, uh, so nobody hurt, nobody injured, nobody killed. So they, they continually walk. <clears throat> um, so yeah, when we arrived in Nepal, everybody is so exhausted, so tired. You know, also um, hungry and thirsty too. Uh, so we stay a couple of days at a small village. <clears throat> it's uh, like uh, kind of like. Uh, Somewhere uh, Solukumbu, where's a lot of sharpas, a lot of sharpas. Uh, we take, we took rest, and then we 
continually walk to where's the, the public bus, a small village. Uh, we arrived there and then we took a bus to Kathmandu. Uh, so morning around like 10 to evening also around like 10. Uh, also, we're still afraid because if the Nepali, the, you know, um, police and the, if some of the report, uh, they come and they get, you know, teach us and some many times they return to battles to Chinese, you know, the, um, where the Chinese, the border <clears throat> soldier or army. So it's very, still very dangerous. Until we arrive, the Kathmandu, the, the, you know, the UN, the refuge camp, until that place, still we are in a danger. Uh, it's very easy to recognize us because our clothes, our, our smell, you know, our face, but luckily nobody lost. Uh, so we safely arrived the UN the refuge camp, Tibetan uh, called Nelin Nelin men is like a welcome <laughs> or whatever. So that time, um, that place was so poor, so poor. Um, so there are a couple of buildings and uh, the roof was the, um, you know, the metal panels. Uh, so between the roof and the wall, there's like a big like open space. The mosquitoes, like thousands of mosquitoes coming because our body has bad smell. And, <laughs> and uh, also the, the, the toilet was so, you know, uh, but, so we, we were so happy because now we are safe. Uh, so a couple of days, take risk, took rest. And then um, they, you know, sent us to India, another public bus, Nepal to India. Also, you know, nobody has papers, nobody. Uh, and uh, when we arrived the border, Nepal, India, each person pay around like um, 100 Nepali rupees something. Uh, okay, that's all, no problem. Because the Indian, they already knew we are refuge. Uh, so they uh, check the luggage, then just let us go to Delhi. Uh, so when we arrived in Delhi, um, there's another, the, uh, the, the refuge uh, uh, place, camp, a refuge camp. Um, we're so happy because now we're close to the destination, but still, like, that time, the New Delhi, the water there, oh, so bad. Smell, I don't know, so bad, very, very bad. And then we stayed there a couple of days. Um, some people, you know, like uh, went to school. Some people went to Tibetan refugee camp. Some people want to stay there. Some they want to go to different monasteries. Uh, that time I didn't know those any the big Nyingma monasteries. Uh, where's the Sakya? Where's the Kaigilu? Where's the Gelu? Uh, only a few Gelugpa monasteries from the Tibet. We heard again, again, like a garden Sera Depot. Look. Uh, so we say, okay, we go to you know Depot. <laughs> but New Delhi to Depot is uh, around like uh, four days if you take a train. So we wait, someone goes, you know, like with us, someone knows some Hindi or English, some don't, but finally they say, okay, nobody found. So three of us, you should go, take a train and go to South, you know, Southern India, four days. 
So me and one of my friends speak only like yes, no, this kind of English. Me, you, sometimes, that's all. But Hindi, zero. So they took us to the, the train station and left us there, then they returned. They went back. So we took train and wow. Uh, first, they, they um, told there's one the Indian Guli. Uh, when the train came, please help them. And uh, I think they give some money. So we follow him, we look him, but after like a while, there's a lot of coolies, same dress, you know, same beard, the dark face. Who's it? You know? Hmm. So we lost that guy. He already left. Whatever. So we cut the train and um, just pray. Also, the Tibetan the refugee camp, they told us somewhere this place called Maraj. Mirage, when you run Mirage, they, they change the train. So they told us, you have to know when you ride the Mirage. I think a Mirage is something. So look. And in the train, we didn't know how to order the food. Indians, you know, they order food, they buy food, but we, we didn't know how to order the food. Only then when the Jai come, Jai, 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 okay, we can Jai. So, um, <clears throat> Four days, we, 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 we couldn't order the food. So each time when the, the train stopped somewhere, the local people, local villages, they came and outside the, the window, they sell like a banana and some fruit. So we buy the, we buy the bananas for breakfast, banana for lunch, banana for dinner, Banana for dessert, you can see. Uh, banana and the tea, banana and tea for four days. So finally our bodies smell like a banana, you know? Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so we arrived the Southern India, you know, safely. <clears throat> and so we went to the Depong. And Depong, there's some uh, like, um, there's like thousands of monks uh, from Gelupa school, from Nyingma school, from uh, Bobu school, Bobu, I, I remember, you know? Ah. So from different schools too, they studied the philosophy, uh, Buddhist philosophy. Uh, uh, it's totally new life. Uh, everybody was poor or each monk kind of poor and the food was, it's okay, but not really enough. Mm. Every day you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry. And the super hot, super hot. Look, from directly Tibet to Southern India, it's too, totally, yeah? So that's why many the monks die, <clears throat> many monks die. <clears throat> uh, once there's, you know, terrible disease came. Today you're totally healthy, tomorrow you just gone because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't like uh, breathe. Uh, look like COVID something, uh, really, very, very dangerous. So a lot, of, a lot of monks die. We can see the where they burn the body. There's no really like uh, this kind of ceremony, what do you call funeral house something, you know, here. No, just between the one big Indian, the, you know, the field, the you know, just, uh, there's a small space, please. Uh, so the monks brought this dead body there and they just burned there. 
so we can see who's burning this. Uh, that's Indian culture, yeah? Yep, and, um, but study very, very hard. Uh, every day you must study around like um, eight to nine hours. Uh, work so hard, they work very, very hard. Un unbelievable, unbelievable, they work so hard. And uh, yep, after one year, the monastery, they sent me back to Nepal because there's a one kind of like the Buddhist publisher, publisher there, um, <clears throat> publication there. So I went there, I stood there. Um, yeah, and then uh, weather, Kathmandu, I love it, I love it. Uh, so before I went, uh, you know, returned to Nepal, I went to Dharamsala once uh, because the Tibetan, uh, kind of like internationalist Tibetan, Tibetan study conference, something, you know, the big like a gathering or meeting. Uh, so they invited me there, I went there. <clears throat> um, yeah, I spent around six years in Nepal and then a bit of an Indian Nepal comes goes. Then finally I came to um, first New York. Uh, I lived there six months, then I returned because it's too much. New York City is too crazy, too, too, too crazy. So I didn't like it. Then I returned to Nepal and then by the Seattle, you know, then I came back to Seattle. There's a beautiful temple <clears throat> and they invited me to you know, come to Seattle. So that's how I came to Seattle since then. I'm very, very happy. Uh, so those stories from, you know, first my English book, um, this one, and then a letter in Tibetan, two volumes, 900 pages. Um, yeah, the title, I know, the English, I think it's say, uh, what it called? Um, I think kind of like, uh, you know, uh, 1000 Days Diary or something, yeah? Uh, uh, so, uh, there's two volumes, my life story, and then the English. This one you have, thanks, yep. Uh, the liberation odyssey yeah <clears throat> the modern liberation odyssey an autobi autobiography of a tibetan buddhist nomad lama <clears throat> yeah so that's my you know a brief life story uh, since i came to seattle i 2000 i think around 2007 uh, i i went to the uh, school english school uh, so before 2007 Almost zero, I can say yes, no, like a goal come, me, something, that's all. So I started to learn English 2007, 2008, like one and a half a year, the North Seattle Community College. Also like the time, only the evening, like two hours, two and a half hour, that's all. Uh, so and then uh, uh, I quit because I was busy and then I learned by myself and some of the Sangha helped me. And then slowly, slowly, I can speak some the the basic, yeah. Uh, so, but you know, I started learning English really late. So, still writing, reading, like uh, give this deep like uh, philosophy and you know this kind of Dzogchen or Mahmuda the teachings. It's very very difficult for me, uh, <clears throat> but I can you know communicate a little bit. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I have some questions about that time in your life. Can you say something about your deep study of poetry? 
both in a religious and a secular context. That's something that you went quite deeply into in India, from what I understand. Um, I started to write poetry when I was 16, 17, because Lama Damji Gyatso, you know, my first master who picked me up from the kind of samsara, <clears throat> and already, I think the last time I mentioned, he he was great, you know, like, like, like you know, uh, poet. Uh, his dharma poems, amazingly beautiful, like Malaypa's dharma sounds, dharma poetry. Uh, so I made a copy from him. And also my father is amazingly good reader. Uh, and also he bought a lot of different books. Almost all Tibetan, the, 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 you know, the master's story books. Um, at least couple pages, it's, it's like poetry uh, from the refuge prayer, you know, the bodhicitta prayer, the dedication prayers, mostly is beautiful poetry. And then I learned the Tibetan, the, you know, the, the poetry at the monastery in Tibet. Uh, I met amazingly one ma good master. He was like, now when I look back, amazing, like, he's like Bandida, great, great, like philosopher, uh, medical doctor, astrologer, like tantric master and uh, poet. <clears throat> And like the feng shui master, unbelievable. Oh, so I met him and he taught me this, all of them. And then, you know, poetry is one of my very, very favorite subjects. Uh, and I wrote a lot. And uh, uh, even I, when I was Tibet, many of the, the magazines, newspapers, they publish my, you know, short stories and poetries. And then when I was in the uh, southern India, you know, there's like a lonely niece. Even I live with a thousand monks, but inside there, you know, there's lonely many times. Um, you know, homesick. Um, you know, miss parents, brothers, the masters, homeland. So. Uh, Sometimes every day I write, you know, poems. Uh, every day, every day. Both the traditional style one and then the, the like the modern one. Uh, <clears throat> so both. Um, and then uh, when I return a poll, already there's like um, enough for like a published book. Uh, so I published two of my poetry books. <clears throat> And continually, then I send my, you know, short stories, um, the poetries, the, the magazines, the newspapers, uh, the publish. <clears throat> because um, really, religious side, if you feel lonely, you have gurus, yadams, raginis, deities. And samsaric side, um, when you feel lonely, or sad, or even happy, you know, um, you need something uh, or like someone experience these feelings. Um, so, you know, writing and reading and write, you know, the poetry, it's helped me. Uh, like every day I, when I drink like black tea or coffee, I need some milk. So the poetry is like milk. And then, uh, you know, when I study more like uh, the Nyingma tradition and uh, the, the master's teachings and uh, Mahama, Mahamudras, there, there are so many beautiful, you know, the poetry or the beautiful Dharma words. It's, it's, it's poetry, it's poetry. Um, 
It's a very, very deep poetry, very, very deep poetry and vast. So slowly, slowly, my you know writing style a little bit like change, uh, mostly about the mind, <clears throat> the nature, yeah, uh, and uh, death, birth, um, yeah, like enlightenment, you know, samsara, uh, <clears throat> so realizations, like a like a, you know like a like a Doha, Indian Doha, Tibetan Dharma songs. Um, yeah, they help me a lot. Also, they protect, you know, they help my, <clears throat> the mind level, my meditation, uh, my Dharma practice. Also, my, like, personality, uh, my humanity. Uh, <clears throat> amazing, amazing. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> but... Uh, it's, you know, because maybe different culture, different tradition, when I read like uh, English poetry, you know, it's Western, it's very difficult to understand. Even I understand that the feeling is different. Uh, no matter I read in English or no matter I read in a Tibetan language, yeah? Oh, someone already translated, but it's still, the feeling is different. Mm, it's, 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 it's different. It's, it's a little bit different. I cannot really like experience, you know, I cannot really experience, experience the real taste. Yeah. Do, do you think that, why do you think that is? Um, could it perhaps be the cultural reference references, um, for example, the lexicon of symbols and metaphors, uh, something about the meter perhaps? Why do you think it is that English language poetry or poetry that was at least composed in English, even if it's then translated into Tibetan, doesn't have quite the same uh, feeling for you. Yeah, because already I told you, because different cult, different culture, different lifestyles, different thoughts, uh, different thoughts, mm. uh, different experience, uh, mm. and um, also, like a different, like uh, you know, the language, different, different language, uh, different language. Who create the language? You know, who create this poetry? Uh, so that's, I think, uh, it's something like it's. It's also um, for my sangha, you know, Western sangha, Eastern sangha. Um, no matter this person has a very deep, like, and a strong and stable devotion. But still, is different. No matter this person or sangha very close to you, but still they're different. Uh, they're because, yeah, it's I can say the background, the background. Uh, no matter how much you change, but still you have something there. Uh, you have something there maybe we we you know we talk later about you know the relationship between the master sangha we, we maybe that time we will talk but still <clears throat> the writings but when i read the 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 stories western stories then i can kind of like enter there i can go their world like now i'm reading you know the very famous um American, um, I don't know, it's novel or not, um, uh, you know, uh, what I call, um, 
the anger or the, the grapes, the grapes of uh, wrath. Yeah, the grape of wrath. Uh, so when I read it, almost I'm reading like a Tibetan story because when these families moving from Oklahoma to California, like me, you know, uh, my family were nomad. They're nomad. So we seasonally we move, you know, somewhere here, there, here. Look, mm, really looking for the where's the good you know, grass for the animals. Those people the, from that story, they're also looking for a job. <laughs> Look, they move from east to west, yeah? And uh, there, there's a oh, no, father, there's a mother, this man and brothers and sisters. Look like my family, you know, when we move we, every morning, my father a little bit nervous, he yells sometimes, you know, uh, so. <laughs> My mother's more passionate. <laughs> yes, it's like, look like my family. So, look, I can like, I can go inside these stories. Uh, but poetry is very difficult. Sometimes poetry a little bit kind of like high level, you know, like a high realization. So okay? it's not ordinary people can experience. Um, maybe that's also, um, the reason. Uh, sometimes that's the reason, okay. Mm. <clears throat> Otherwise, I don't know, I really, one thing I think my English is poor. Uh, this is the one reason too. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> well, I think your English is excellent actually, but we, we've had this argument before. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't press the point. Um, can you think of a poem a piece of poetry, it could be uh, religious or not, that has been particularly meaningful to you. It could be something you've written that would be the best, or perhaps a poem from somebody else that is meaningful to you, that you refer to often. Can you think of such a poem now? Yeah, I suddenly remember the one from the Buddha. Tibetan say, Karma Rarum uh, so that mean is like, uh, you know, the Buddha said, um, all phenomena um, impermanent as the eight um, symbols or ex eight examples of the, you know, the magic. To better say, eight examples of the you know, like uh, uh, magic or um, delusion, uh, like uh, he said, like stars, mirage, uh, clouds, uh, lightning, you know, bubbles, uh, <clears throat> dream. You must look your life like like those, uh, impermanent as like you know as as them. <clears throat> This is a so beautiful and a so powerful. Now, this is amazing kind of philosophy. Okay, very, very powerful philosophy. If all these people, no matter you're practitioner or not, when you're so happy, you must remember this. When you're so sad or lonely, still you have to, you know, still you have to think or remember this beautiful poetry. Then you can, enjoy both happiness and sadness. 
So yeah, this is a very, very beautiful and meaningful. Thank you. When I hear your story of your journey to Nepal and the difficulties you faced in your life uh, in general, I wonder, do those difficulties leave a mark? I'm thinking, for example, of soldiers in war or people who have experienced difficulty in their life sometimes can leave a mark, even though the situation is no longer the same. The difficulty has passed. Still, the mark can remain. I'm wondering, given that you have also experienced difficulties, did uh, you also experience this mark? And if so, how do you heal that kind of that kind of a mark? Uh, my mark is not really like, uh, you know, anger, you know, like anger or this kind of negative emotion, negative thoughts, okay? My mark is not like that, but from fear, <laughs> you know, cross the border, yeah? yeah. So even uh, after almost, almost 20, like, you know, almost 20, 30 years, almost 30 years, but still I have, Many like kind of like you know, it's not like a nightmare, but this bad dream or this dream comes again, again, again. Many times, I pass the order, the, the border, so the border. Okay, sometimes not. Uh, many times, sometimes it look like the Chinese army or Nepali police border. You know, sometimes I have like. Sometimes I have U.S. passport, then I feel good. I, you know, in my mind, oh, I have U.S. passport, I'm safe. Sometimes there's no passport, like I have to escape, you know, how to do it. Like, mm, so again, 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 last 27, 60 years, again, 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 this dream is, is never go away. I don't know how to go away, okay? Uh, so it's come again, again, and again. Also, the dream, if I have dream in Tibet, 90% that monastery where I spent 10 years, the, the, the karmic imprint is so, you know, deep, so deep, uh, so deep. <clears throat> and um, the master in Tibet come to my dream more than, you know, masters outside Tibet. Oh, so uh, there's a very, very deep uh, memory there. Very, very deep memory. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, so, um, but this kind of like uh, didn't, don't or doesn't uh, like uh, disturb my, you know, compassion and uh, my practice. Uh, but Later, I ask uh, some different people, Tibetans from Tibet, they have same, you know, same this kind of dream. Uh, uh, <clears throat> again, again, again. <clears throat> Maybe someday I'm unhappy. <clears throat> Me, when I woke up, I'm happy. No matter in dream I pass border or not, but when I woke up, it's a dream.
It's, it's, it's a dream. It's kind of like a teaching, the Dharma teaching. Uh, so no matter we are happy or not, after we die, of course there's karmic imprints there, you know, but what happened is like a dream. Yeah. So that's why I think Buddha said, you know, the, from the eight, um, the for examples uh, of the magic or the, you know, impermanent one is dream. He says dream like a dream. Also, the Buddha, before just he passed uh, to the Nirvana, he told Asanga, everything is like uh, when you, you know, do something like this, and then if you open this, you can see some kind of stars, that's something. Uh, so um, everything's like that. <clears throat> it's helped me. My mind is calm and relaxed, uh, no matter what happened, uh, good or bad. Uh, so usual and usual just mind can come and relax really uh, yeah. thank you i know that you have a very profound dream yoga practice also i'm curious about that in uh, namtar various different namtar one uh, bio hagiographies of spiritual masters, often one reads of dream yoga, using dream yoga to visit places or to connect with teachers who perhaps are deceased or simply in a different location, meeting in the dream, etc., etc. I'm wondering about that. Is this uh, something that you've made use of in your dream yoga? And if so, in what ways? Dream yoga is not really easy to practice because we have very, very strong grasping. Uh, this is a day, you know, this is a night, yeah, you know, this is real, this is not real, like that, yeah, look. Uh, so we totally, like, mix two different worlds, uh, the daytime world, nighttime world, or dream world. Uh, we kind of like believe daytime world, but we don't believe like night, you know, the dream world. <clears throat> this is a big mistake, a big, big mistake. Uh, so this is a dream too. Uh, that daytime is, is a dream too. Uh, daydream is other is a night dream. Uh, there's two dreams, uh, but in our mind, it's, it's, this is real. So that's why you we say. Sewa, you cannot transfer for each other, okay? Uh, day to night, night to day. You cannot. Until we can transfer it, these two times into each other, you cannot really catch, we say, catch dream, okay? You cannot catch. You cannot enter that in the world, or you cannot recognize, uh, you cannot recognize this as a dream. Uh, but still, um, even you cannot catch or you cannot recognize this as a dream, but what happened in your dream is also is, is a reflection of your mind, uh, a reflection of your mind. Like in your dream, you met a Buddha, you saw a Buddha, that meant is you saw the Buddha uh, because it's who experienced the mind experience. Even you, in daytime, you met a Buddha, thou experienced by the, the mind too. Uh, basically, it's, it's the same, it's the same. <clears throat> so, yeah, the daytime 
if you can recognize, if you think, if you meditate on those phenomena as a dream, as a you know illusion, and then slowly, slowly, uh, when you kind of like pass this test, daytime, you know, and then you can even you sleep, uh, you can recognize, especially like a lot of people have habit take a nap you know the middle of the day they take a nap if the, when you take a nap or before you take a nap if you think everything is a dream and then in your when you take a nap in your nap if you have dream if you can recognize because take a nap it means maybe one hour maybe half hour very short time uh, if you can recognize this is a dream in your nap and then you, now this is a good sign. <clears throat> when you, you know, go to bed, real, like at nighttime, you can, you can try. <clears throat> and then slowly, slowly, it's happened. It's happened. The thing is a lot of people, when they go to sleep, they want a deep, very, very deep sleep. Right? For the dream practitioner, you cannot do this. You must think, you have like a light, very sensitive dream, okay? Uh, very light dream, a light sleep. Mm. You're sleeping, but still, you know, in the corner of your mind, there are like, kind of like, you know, subconscious or something awake, look, uh, something awake. Like you're reading, but still you listen in the music, yeah? Exactly the same. Then you can catch the dream. You can recognize this is a dream. Otherwise, if you like totally asleep, you know, your whole consciousness into the sleep, it's very difficult to, to recognize this dream. That's why I say take a nap. Look, it's, you, before you go to sleep, you know this is a nap. This is like a whole night time. Yeah, look, very short time. At what point in your life did you learn dream yoga, the Milam Naljo? What time in your in your life was it in Tibet or India? Outside Tibet, in Tibet, I didn't hear much. Um, I didn't hear much. Mostly, I learned, you know, the, um, like uh, uh, some like Yamandaka, Chodasambara, you know, like Kala Chakra, and. Um, but I didn't receive much like tantric teachings. I received Italian's empowerments, but mostly like sutra teachers, philosophy. Uh, but outside Tibet, then I met different masters from different school. And then I learned, okay, the, you know, the dream yoga, even, even dream yoga, there are a lot of different you know, dream yogas. Um, like dream yoga with like Amitabha. You know, and dream yoga from six Narupas yogas, you know, dream yoga from Yamandaka and the Charasambara. You look, you can see here Vajra, almost in the Vajra Yogini, almost each single the, the high yoga tantra, high, high yoga tantric, the yidams, the yidams, the deities have their own dream practice, dream yoga. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yep. So that's I start my dream yoga or dream practice, uh, sleep and yoga or, you know, mm. outside to that. Yeah. Well, I have one more biographical question for you. And then we had some questions that we had agreed to discuss, mm -hmm. um, actually. 
So and then I will, I will ask those, uh, the ones that you sent to me. So on August 10th, 2000, Tushik Rinpoche recognized you as a tulku. I'm wondering if you can tell the story of this and what is its significance, its meaning? Uh, yes, so August 10th, 2000. Yeah, um, already I mentioned last time when I was a bad little boy, uh, two or three different masters recognize me, but it's a different situation. Uh, so it's also sometimes very dangerous for the masters. Um, so just almost everybody kind of quiet. I thought it's kind of like freedom. Uh, so the masters can do, can recognize. Uh, and uh, especially like a Trishikurambuchi, if we read the Tashirambuchi's uh, you know, stories and his master, his first master, Zatushambuchi, uh, amazing, you know, realized master from the, the next, um, the mountain Everest, there's a Zarumpu monastery. Each time when you look at the uh, mountain Everest, there's a, a, a monastery just, just down there. Mm. So Tushikurambuchi is in Tibet. He's one master from the, you know, the, Rumpu, the, Rumpu, the the founder or the, the leader of the monastery, Tushikurambuchi. And then his second master, I think the, the, uh, you know, the late, the second Dinjumrambuchi, Jikta Ishidoji. And the third master was the Tinguichinsi Rambuchi. <clears throat> so Tinguichinsi Rambuchi told um, his disciples, Tushikurambuchi um, is the, you know, the Verujana, uh, the Verujana, the famous the translator, like in person, in the human now. Uh, so um, also the, from the Tushikurambuchi is like a life, you know, past lives, um, the, the prayer past, his past lives. Many the realized masters, uh, the pandita, you know, the scholar masters. So like all together, then there's no question. Tushikurambuchi's wisdom and his compassion, his realizations. Uh, so when Tushikurambuchi say, you know, I'm something, you know, I was some someone. Yep. <clears throat> um, I should like trust. I should believe. <clears throat> Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, you know, um, their masters, from their masters' wisdom, uh, their realizations. It's not only me, you know, Tichirambuchi recognize many tukus, uh, many tukus, and some very high, some is like, kind of like a medium, you know, some is lower, some, I don't know, the, the, the realizations we cannot really see, yeah, so um, <clears throat> uh, sometimes the big around, like, uh, Politically, you know, some just become very high lama. You understand? Some from the family lineage, they become just since they born, they become high master. Look, yeah. so no matter you study a lot or you meditate a lot, still because you were born this family, you know, because your past lives has a politic power, so that's make you high lama. You understand? Hmm. Even someone has a you know, high realization, if you, you are like hiding, you know, yogi or yogini, then like, like you know, like you, you are not like, you know, 
like His Holiness, okay? You know, you are just like ordinary Lama, look like, because you didn't born in this kind of special family. You, you, you're not born, uh, you, you, your past life didn't have this, you know, political powers, yeah? You know, like kings, ministers, <laughs> bring a lot of, you know, army to your country, kill a lot of, you know, people, and then they, they turn you in the order, you understand? Oh. So that's Tibetan High Lama, I mean, is this kind of different backgrounds, uh, different backgrounds. Uh, so whatever backgrounds. So I'm, you know, kind of like I'm happy when uh, the Trishika Rinpoche recognized me. Mm. If, because if by this name, this title, if I can benefit some, you know, the people, sentient beings, yeah, that's perfect. But by this title and uh, you know recognition, if I hurt out, you know the other people, other sentient beings, and if I hurt myself, that's you know so bad. That's so bad. That's why in Tibetan we say uh, May the bad people live short life. May the good people live a long life. Mm. Yep. So that's also. You know, almost every day I, you know, told myself. Also, I told my, you know, gurus, Yedam deities, if I do good things, if I can serve the Buddha Dharma, if I can serve sentient beings, please bless me, you know, like healthy life, happy life. If I hurt uh, the other sentient beings, if I destroy the Buddha's doctrine, please, kind of like, you know, make my life is short. <clears throat> so this titles also like this. Uh, if you, no matter you have Duku title or Campbell title or Loban title, <clears throat> if he used this title for goodness, then your past life doesn't matter. Okay, maybe Mahasiddha or Pandita or you know, Geshe or Campbell. Mm. So this life is become meaningful. But even your past life has this lot of this, you know, high title or whatever. In this life, you destroy Buddhism. If you hurt a lot of people, look, now, kind of like you should return the title. Uh, you should return the title. Even you cannot, you know, because if you are like, uh, unmistaken Tuku, you know, like from your past life, like a regional, but still the, you better don't use this title. Uh, you know, just hide, just be quiet. That's the best. Uh, so that's why when the Toshiko Doji Chang Chimbo, you know, <clears throat> not only Toshiko Mochi, later, you know, different the students in Tibet and different gurus also recognize me, but um, it's also like uh, they, they give me a lot of luggage, you know, oh, heavy luggage here, there, here. Oh, so um, you can see sometimes, uh, you know, in India and in Africa, some ladies like when they hold, holding a lot of the pants or like um, the, um, heavy jars, <laughs> they must walk carefully, yeah? Same thing, this uh, title uh, is, is heavy. Uh, so I should walk, you know, well. Sometimes when I saw the, models yeah the models when they wear different funny clothes heavy or sometimes they like a fallen down yeah <laughs> because
because their clothes are so funny and sometimes heavy. <laughs> Same thing. The tukus, kembus, geishis, um, the, who has the title, a little bit different from Jandra people. Uh, under this title, practice hard, okay? Uh, really, meditate more and um, give teaching more. Then even your tuku or kembu or whatever, your title become meaningful, your life become meaningful. Uh, that's, I promise, my, my guru, you know, uh, so, um, um, I don't know without that, this Tuku title, <clears throat> without this where I am, you know, uh, and who I am. Still me, the title is a title, still like before this title, still this, the mind, you know, the deeply, it's the same. Really, it's the same. Um, deeply same, like, you know, like a PhD, you know, uh, or a lawyer or a doctor after they become PhD or doctor, you look and see lawyer, but deeply inside their mind, the same. I'm sure it's the same, <clears throat> uh, same thing. Uh, so this kind of titles, the same. But with this title, I, you know, um, I can help some sentient beers. Oh, uh, so that's, that's, you know, I'm very, very happy, very, very happy. Uh, I don't know, next life I have this title or not. <laughs> this life with this title, traditionally in Tibet, especially in Tibet, you can help sentient beings a little bit more. Also, you can, you know, destroy others happy more because you, you know, the, this title. <clears throat> That's why I say, be careful with this kind of title. Same thing in the West now, you know, Lama, this, the Lama, da, da, da. You can see the, some Western teachers have the, like, you know, Lama title, yeah? You can see, ah. So must be careful if you have, you know, Vajrayana teachings, you must do the correct, the, the right one. Uh, very, very, because this is a secret Vajrayana teaching. Look, secret, what I mean is secret? What I mean is a Vajrayana, look. Oh, Vajra means is unshakable, undestructible. If you try to dis, you know, destroy this uh, beautiful tradition, this secret teachings, if you try to give publicly, look, then that's I'm talking about you under this Lama title, under this Rinpoche or Tuku title, <clears throat> you destroy the Buddhism, the, this beautiful. That's why we must be careful. We must be careful. What do you think of this uh, increase of Westerners <clears throat> using the title Lama, etc.? What What do you think of that? I'm happy. Number one, I'm happy <clears throat> because that means is they have been you know practice a lot. They study lots. Um, they met perfect you know the gurus. I'm very very happy. Uh, if you go to Middle East, uh, give someone the Lama title or uh, say, oh, I give the uh, empowerment. Maybe they kill you, Some, someone they kill you because totally different, you know, kind of like a wrong, wrong place, yeah? It's a wrong place uh, because they have their own beautiful religion. So they don't want to accept your, you know, this kind of funny things, yeah? So if you want to practice this beautiful Dharma and uh, 
many years for practice, a study, meditate many years, and then you have this title, Lama. This is, this is beautiful. This is very beautiful. <clears throat> that means is you have, you know, now you're holding this jug full of water. But that means is you must walk carefully before you give this water to someone or before you use the water for your tea or coffee or yeah, your noodles, uh, you must walk carefully because this is, you know, easy to broken the, the jar. German is most jars not metal, yeah? It's made by clay and some, this kind of salt. Same thing, this lamas, Western lamas have big responsibility because you speak perfect you know, speak your own language, maybe English, maybe Spanish, maybe French, yeah? And more, you can bring more people than the Tibetan uh, Lama's masters because you know this culture, uh, you speak perfect language. Uh, look, maybe they trust you more than Tibetan gurus. Diamond uh, mm. is more be careful when you give the teaching, give perfect way, uh, the traditional way. Because religion is not art. Of course, religion has a lot of art things, okay? Especially Vajrayana, a lot of you know, the colors, and, you know, the different mantra sounds. Amazingly, there's a lot of art, but the Vajrayana Buddhism itself is not art. It's a religion. It's a very, very special, unusual religion. Really, this is uncommon religion. So, but still, you know, you have the thoughts of the art mix, you know, well, in the West, a lot of people want to mix, you understand, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, like Sufi, they want to mix, uh, uh, they want because they eat a lot of pizza, okay, you know, in, <laughs> pizza, everything mix there, you can see, oh, so they think, oh, it's like a spaghetti, you know, it's, I can mix, no problem. You know, Vajrayana, Sufi, Hindu. No, religion is not an art. Religion is not a you know, food. It look like art, look like a food, but it's not a food, it's not art. It's a religion. So that's, um, you know, us, you know, like kind of requesting the, the Tibetan teachers, Western teachers in the West. Also in the East too. Mm. Number one is keep the tradition. Of course, some that you know, some branches you can change. No problem at all. No problem. No problem at all. Mm. No problem. But the root, yeah, uh, the mean, the, the the essence one, no, you cannot change. It's who can change the next Buddhas. Next Buddhas and, and the future Buddhas, they will give teaching a different way. You know, like Dzogchen uh, is the Nyingmapa, the, you know, uncommon is the Nyingmapa special. If Dzogchen system, Dzogchen tradition should change, all the Nyingmapa masters must gather, discuss, and then they can say, okay, we can change this, we cannot change that. You understand? Yeah? Mahamuta is a Kajilpa special. If Mahamuta tradition style needs some change, the old Kajipa matters gathering and they must talk. Same thing the Sajapa Lamdi, Gilipa Lamrim, Jonangba in the Jotu, Kala Chakra, Sujipa in the Chul, 
the bubbles, same thing. Only in a few months, oh, I have high position. You know, I'm high lama. I, I, I can do this, do that. No, no. This is a very, very, you know, important to know. Time is a change, yes. Some people, oh, time change, we should change. That's not right. Time change, but our ignorance, our attachment, inside is never, it's still the same thing, yeah? No matter you came from Tibet to America, or you Vietnam to America, America to India, still you bring your, you know, ignorance, attachment, jealous, look, all those you bring here to there, so you're still the same. Yeah, time is a change. Close, you know, the, how to say, uh, country is a change, location change, but inside is still is the same. That's I say, you should keep the tradition, no matter where you are. Uh, branches, yes, you can change, no problem at all. No problem. That's totally okay. That's totally, like in the West, a lot of the, you know, yogis, yoginis, they, when they practice, they wear only the, you know, the rope. There's no like a shamtam, you know, like a, there's jeans, pants. That's a change in Tibet. Nobody wear like that. If you wear the yogi's robe, yes, the shamtam, everything, the full, you know, like full uniform, not like half. <laughs> Those look like change. That's okay. That's totally okay. That's okay. No problem. But, you know, like, uh, like a Dzogchen teachings, only. The, the main Dzogchen teaching, you know, Tachala, Togals, only who practice, who finish 500,000 uh, the Same thing, the main, the Mahamudras the, uh, and the like Narupa Six Yogas. Traditionally, only who finish those, the perfect, everything, the Ngodu. Uh, and and the, who already, already received like Chadasambara empowerments for the Narupa Six Yogas. This is the men, this is the, the tradition last in a thousand years, the master to master, you know, because then there's the result, look. Otherwise, there's no result. You just jump here from like, uh, how to call it, boarding school to PhD study. No, you cannot do like that. Already we knew it, yeah? The boardings only one, two, three. The kids, very special ones, yes, they can do it, yeah? But, 99% of the kids from the, you know, kindergarten or the boarding school, they cannot study, learn, or pass the test, the PhD, no, no way. Already we knew it. Wajri and is totally the same. Mm, totally the same. That's why Western Lamas, you know, no matter you're Tibetan or American or Chinese or Vietnamese, they keep this beautiful tradition so important. Thank you very much. Perhaps we'll pivot now to some of the questions that you suggested we discuss. The first of those is, why is Tantric Buddhism so very popular in countries like America and places like Europe? Number one, already I told you, there are a lot of art terms, you know, art, color, shapes, um, sounds, um, <clears throat> what, the materials, like, uh, Number one, because the mandalas, mandalas, so beautiful, yeah? Like, look at the Kala Chakra mandala, so beautiful. Now, Vajrayana Buddhism is kind of like popular in Vietnam, after China. 
So, so many of the Vietnamese Sangha, is, they're, they're so happy to hang in the Kala Chakra Mandala everywhere, you know, they live in the room and they shine in the room and, uh, you know, everywhere. There's, there's like, some is a huge Kala Chakra, mandala, you know, Mandala, Tanka, Kala Chakra, Tanka, because Kala Chakra, the Mandala has, we say, Che Nang Jansum. Uh, so outer color chakra, inner color chakra, you know, the other color chakra. Also the body, speech, mind, the, um, you know, the mandala. So that's why it's so beautiful. Also around the mandala, there are lots of images. Uh, so like, like, uh, like uh, devas, nagas, yakshas, yeah, and the mantras, horses, trees, flowers, vases. So beautiful. Mm. So, because the, we ordinary people first look out, outside, yeah, mm, the colors. So, so Vajrayana Buddhism, why it's become popular? Number one is color, five colors, these mandalas. And then secondly, the materials, the instrument, okay, Vajra and bell, like a purba, you know, uh, so this kind of unusual things. Uh, so Western people and then like Mahayana, the you know the countries they never saw this kind of things. Uh, so it's unusual. Looks so powerful and something. There's mysteries. Uh, and then so many deities. Ma, you know the Mahayana, the 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 three Buddha, you know Buddhas from three times past, present, future, and then maybe some medicine Buddha and some Kuan, some the Dharma protectors. That's all. There's no huge, this kind of mandala, yeah? And then there's so many, the tantric, the female deities. There's no, only in the Konyin, and only few, okay, that's all. But you can see the Vajrayana Buddhism, like Vajrayogini, Vajrayarahi, like Vajrayabdun, unbelievable, those, those combination of peace and the wrathful, yeah? You can see, and then like Green Tara, White Tara, Gurukule, oh my. Like Zambalas, yeah. Oh, then this kind of union deities. Oh my, that's like people think like look like a three dimension. After you watch the regular movie many years, then now you watch the three dimension movie. You can see like oh my, like look. And then the different mantras, mantras of hell, wealth, and so many different mantras. And then the the, the melodies. And then like a dream yoga, and they never had dream yoga like the in the you know the uh, Maham the, the Mahayana practitioner, the Theravada practitioners. Yeah, you can see. And then this kind of, kind of like Zopachemu, Mahamudras, six Narubas, you know, six yogas. This that's why people think. Look like uh, you eat pizza every day, or you eat pizza like me, the banana in the breakfast, banana for lunch and dinner. Finally, you found a buffet. You know, there's thousand different uh, the food there. Then that's the reason. The number one reason is outside, outer. And the number two is inside the different practices. <laughs> the Mahamud, the um, Theravada and Ma the Mahayanas. Buddha's there, we are here. There's kind of like a destination between the, you know, your refuge and yourself. There's this destination, big space. Vajrayana, no. You can visualize Buddha's here, and then you can visualize yourself as a Buddha. Look, 
Oh, the mantra I mean, is not a, like some like someone's big, big bank account. It's not like that. It's like you can have all mantras as a, your own bank bank account. You're such a secret number. You can see because you can visualize yourself as a Buddha. You can visualize the mant the mantras syllables within your body, and also you can visualize. The, your mind and the, the deity, the Buddha's, Guru's mind become one mind, transfer each other. That I mean is, is, you know, like this non-duality, uh, inseparable, and we always inseparable. That, this makes you so close, so close. Like a regular love between, you know, male or female or male to male. Like this love is so strong. These two loves, these two bodies can transfer each other. That's why Vajrayana Buddhism become very popular. Because we ordinary people, the feeling is so, so important. Yeah, the feeling, uh, the daily feeling, uh, so important. <clears throat> I don't know how much they can like uh, see the result, yeah, the realization and this things. Accomplishment, but uh, um, generally, I think it mostly it's good news. Um, good news there in the West and in America, Canada, Europe, in Latin America, where's the Vajrayana Buddhism? 99 person I can see, I can hear the good news everywhere. That's I'm so thankful the you know the Tibetan lamas and Western lamas, and you know they they flourish. Uh, you know, they, they hold uh, <clears throat> this beautiful, uh, the doctrine, the Vajrayana Buddhism. I'm so thankful for them. One of the key aspects of Vajrayana is the relationship between the master and the disciple. And that's also something that you suggested we discuss. And the way you phrased the question was, what is the most important thing to consider between master and disciple? And how key is that to, to Tantric Buddhism? Um, this is not only Tantric, the, from the you know, Theravada, Mahayana, and the Tantra. <clears throat> like you, you, you cross the river. Uh, maybe already there's a, river, the, a bridge. Okay, that means when you met this master already in the past lives, so you have the karmic connection already, uh, already. Or even there's no, no bridge. People can you know, build the bridge. Uh, then people can cross. Uh, same thing. Even there's no karmic connection between you and master past lives. You, in you know, both sides, can make new connection. Uh, new connection. Especially the new connection. Even you have past life connection, but now it's present. Yeah, it's now. It's so important. Uh, so when you build the bridge, both sides, be careful. Uh, be careful. Very, very, be careful. Make sure you know the uh, the other side is is a real, you know, beautiful and healthy place. Well, you sometimes there's like a mirage, look like water there. Okay, look like a city there, look like people there, but it's not really real, not true. Okay, uh, that's why from the Buddha's teachings, many says, many times he said, the the delusion, uh, when they deluded us, it's like a thirsty 
animals looking for water on the desert. So when we saw them merge, they thought, they think, or they thought it's a water. So they, you know, they, they walk. Uh, they try to, the, you know, find the water, but no matter like hundreds of miles, still you can see the mirage, but you, you cannot find the waters. Same thing when you make a bridge from master to sangha, sangha to master, make sure the really, the water is really, that is not a mirage, it's a real water, okay? It's not, it's like a illusion. It's a real, like island or real, you know, uh, the land is there. Uh, <clears throat> so, number one, already the Buddha said, first, little bit, you know, check the background. If, if you know, now there's a Facebook, Instagram, and uh, like a WeChat, a lot, yeah, website. First, research their background. I also don't trust the whole the story from the website. Don't trust like that, okay? Maybe 70% is true. Maybe 80% is true. Maybe, you know, 20, 15%, their sangha like, like mecca, okay? Sometimes, sometimes 100% true, sometimes 80%, sometimes 70% is true. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, but still, there's some true things there from their website, Facebook. Uh, and then think about, okay, if I you know, make a bridge between this uh, master, what is my benefit? And they'll ask yourself, why? Why I need this master? Why I want to become his or her sangha? And then there's the teachings, okay. Why I, why I want to receive this teaching? Sometimes you want to receive like every teaching from this master. Sometimes you think, oh, you know, okay, I need this. I don't need that, that. Look, yeah? Uh, so if I, if I need this teaching, why? If I no need to receive this teaching, then still why? why? Sometimes you, you know, think, oh, I don't need this teaching because I cannot practice this teaching now. Big mistake. You, you know, you're going to lose big opportunity. Why not future? Why not next life? Even you cannot practice this life, how about the next life, the next life? After years, still years, there's the karmic, you know, the, the karmic, the imprint is still there until you become Buddha. Uh, so sometimes this kind of, Laziness, you know, oh, I'm lazy, I'm busy, I cannot practice, I cannot do something. Don't think like that. But the Samaya is very important too. Keep the Samaya. After you receive the teaching, especially Vajrayana teaching, if then you become this Vajrayana disciple and he or she become your Vajrayana master, then you must be careful. Now you cannot like, Think this teacher is looking like your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, okay, bye-bye. Today I love you, tomorrow I hate you. Leave me alone, you know, go away. No. Traditionally, you cannot do this. But still a lot of people think because this is, you know, modern, modern. This is, you know, 2022, 2020. I can't do what, no, no problem. I knew, I knew a lot of people think like that. Yeah, you know. Mm. This year you invite this teacher to you know your house, 
empowerment teachings. Next day, when the teacher come back, you never show up. Uh, even the teacher call you, oh, I'm busy, sorry. Hang up. You know, uh, yeah, this happened many times now, nowadays. Uh, then they look, because they're looking for another teacher. That means they're looking for girlfriend, new girlfriend, new boyfriend, same girl. Uh, or they're looking for new socks, you know, new jeans, you understand? Uh, new, you know, new cars, something like that. Mm. This has happened and very, very you know, often in the West. <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah, so because they, you know, they knew or they, they don't know <clears throat> how to keep the Vajrayana Samayas, uh, Vajrayana relationships between the teacher and the Sangha, you know. Uh, also, both sides have responsibility, teacher side, the Sangha side, both responsibility. Because both, you know, start building this, you know, bridge, uh, both, in the family like that. Uh, <clears throat> but also the good news is more than bad news until now. I can hear like 99% is still good news. Yes. So that's why I'm, I'm very, very happy. Uh, work hard very, very, you know, the both sides, Sangha and the, the teachers in the West work very, very hard. So I'm also, I'm so thankful for both sides. And there are two more questions in the list that you sent to me. And the first of those is, the second last, the penultimate one is, what is different between the Eastern and Western Dharma Sangha? Still the same, the background, number one background. Background where this life and the past life. Of course, past life background is important, but this life background is easy to remember, yeah? easy to bring in your action, uh, easy to you know, use in your daily life. That's why in background from your early this life, uh, environment, not only their background, environment, uh, the culture, uh, the daily culture is also different. <clears throat> uh, like in Tibet, like in Nepal, India, if you Buddhist, you know, you can wear your robes and you can like hang in the, you know, like malas or different malas and you can, you know, bring your prayer wells everywhere, you know, the public, the transportations, even the airplanes everywhere. You can recite mantras loudly, whatever, it's okay. <laughs> but in the West, it may be okay, but it's still a lot of the Western Sangha shy. Even they don't want to like show the mala. They, some they told me, oh, I don't want to show I'm Buddhist. Then I asked them, what's wrong with the Buddhists? Why? You know, is Buddhism is, Buddhism is like a violence? You know, is Buddhism like, uh, you know, organized and like, uh, uh, like terrorists, you know? Oh, so um, is Buddhists organized robbers, you know? Oh, so no, we don't do it. Generally, we don't do it. Maybe some different country, there's some, you know, politic problem between, you know, the people and government, some, like now you can see some different, yeah, a little bit, you know, like, like Sri Lanka, you know, they have big, like a financial disaster, you know, some, I saw the, the demonstrations, some monks, you know, they also there too, because it's, it's this kind of situation. But generally, the Buddhism itself and Buddhist, the Sangha, Peaceful, very, very peaceful. Not only we peaceful the humans, animals too. Look, we say all mother sentient beings, including the all animals. 
So why are you shy? Uh, why are you shy, you Buddhist? Why? Why? Uh, many of my Sangha or some, they say like that. Uh, they don't want to show, they want to know their friends, they practice Buddhism. I'm still confused. Why? What's wrong with the Buddhism? If Buddhism is like the religion of lies, religion of, religion of like violence, then you should shy, you should hide. What are you doing? But no. No. Just before our interview, I read a story, you know, one of my, the, uh, new, my uh, friend, he translated from, you know, uh, Chinese language, because this is a story from English to Chinese, China to Tibetan language. It's the story from Oklahoma in America. Uh, once there's a small town and then friend, this, a friend of this, uh, you know, gentleman's window, there's like a square and a lot of people, you know, throw the garbage there, garbage, garbage, garbage. You know. So he reported the local, you know, government or whatever, they clean a couple of times, it's still, it's still there. And then he thought, okay, what I can do? If I put a Jesus statue there, maybe I, maybe I got big trouble because a lot of people practice, you know, the Christians, you know, why put Jesus next to, you know, garbage? <laughs> then he thought, why not Buddha statue? You know, if I put a Buddha there, most people are Buddhism, Buddhist, yeah? So there's not really a big compliment. Hmm. I, I should it because Buddha is like a peaceful, happy something. And then he put a Buddha statue there. The next day he checked, there's no garbage around this Buddha statue. Then he put what is the second Buddha statue there. And the third, finally, all in the garbage, it's kind of like it's it gone. Even people don't practice Buddhism, but when they say the Buddha, you know, it's naturally like a peace, a clean, you know, take care environment, something there. So that's why they really don't need to shy. They don't need to shy. But still, I, I understand uncomfortable because Buddhism is kind of like a new religion in this country, yeah, in the Europe country. So last like around 60, 70 years uh, still. But until now, the um, Haruko, <clears throat> um, the reputation, you know, we have kind of like a good reputation, uh, uh, kind of good image uh, if we could do continually. Uh, yeah. Part, I think, of the shyness also is because certainly in Europe, places like Europe, culturally, not everybody, but culturally, we could say it's post-religious in some ways. Now, of course, people have, make other religions that they don't call religions, maybe politics or uh, maybe something else. They, they, they have the same devotion <laughs> for something. But nonetheless, traditional religions, Christianity, for example, Buddhism, etc., to be associated with that re a religion is seen to be a little um, suspicious or strange, I think in a post-religious context. I think maybe less in America, but certainly in Europe, for example, there is that sense that the, the better way is a secular mindset. Okay, thank you very much. So the last of the, of the questions you suggested was, and I think this is a good question to end, what should we do for Buddhism to continually be alive in the future? Uh, number one issue already we talk about, you know, keep the essence, okay? 
keep the beautiful tradition. Number two, the branches, you know? Uh, so we should also like a kind of like a revolution. Ah, uh, yes, uh, because different country, different culture, different environment, different people. Uh, if something we should change from the branches, uh, you know, like from the outer we should change it too. Uh, we should change it too. Uh, and then uh, um, the master's life must simple, uh, must simple. In, in, in a, sometimes traditionally, like when the masters give teachings, like, you know, like very fancy throne, like a golden throne, you know, like uh, um, look like king style things. things. Um, we should change it from the Tibet. Already, I, you know, you know I told the Tibetan masters in Tibet already. Oh, this is, we should change. Oh, make those like you know king style like uh, thrones, tables, little bit like uh, simple. Oh, same thing in the West too. Oh, so um, when the teachers give teachings, this kind of you know king style things, little bit less. Uh, because those, those sometimes important because a lot of people look only outer, yeah? If the master has, a, you know, high and golden, huge, like king, then like, oh, you know, this much is something. If the master sit on, on like a simple chair and, you know, ordinary clothes, maybe he or she is nothing because look, where is like this kind of the luxury life, you know, the materials. Uh, so those we must change, we must change. Uh, we must change, and the uh, same thing, you know, a lot of those materials, like uh, statues, like uh, very, you know, huge or very expensive things, yeah, um, and then those things, we should change, we should change, uh, <clears throat> and the teachings, and the many of those hidden teachings, if you hide too much in the is also is easy to lost if the master gone then look then now the lineage is gone yep so that's why those even the Dzogchen, Mahamuta, Narupa, Six Yoga this kind of very very high teachings still there's a middle path not too high not too public yep look oh if someone has the the um, uh, how to say, you know, like um, good um, condition, like uh, finish the, uh, at least 100,000 Vajrasafa mantras, like at least 100,000 like refuge bodhicitta, uh, then you can give some this high teachings. At least, I say at least, number one is finish 500,000 wondos, okay? And if many like different circumstances, different like situations, at least finish 100,000 refuge, 100,000 bodhicitta, 100,000 Vajrasafa mantra, long mantra. And look, that's, I'm talking about the middle path. But still, if yes or no is who can make a decision, the each schools, the masters gather, because only they have the power, permission. Uh, yeah. And then we can hold the Vajrayana Buddhism, you know, continually, continually. Uh, because in the West, most people have this kind of education, uh, you know, the wisdom. This very good news, very good news. 
many times I say if Western wisdom and Eastern like um, devotion combined, we can hold the Buddha Dharma, both three of them, you know, the Theravada, Mahayana, Vajrayana, perfectly in the West. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about always. Well, fascinating. This has been remarkable conversation. Tuku Yeshe Rinpoche, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Steve. I'm so happy and so thank you for this beautiful interview. Thank you for listening to another Guru Viking podcast. For more interviews like these, as well as articles, videos, and guided meditations, visit www.guruviking.com.